Welcome to the Fantasy End Podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy End. Welcome to the Fantasy Inn Podcast. Today's episode is special since we have a guest, Kristen from the blog superstardrifter.com. Hi, Kristen. Hi. From the inn, there's Travis. Hi, Trav. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> and myself, Sarah. It is also a special episode because we're focusing on one book, The Last Sun by K.D. Edwards, which is the first book of the tarot sequence. I think it will be a feature of the podcast. We will sometimes have episodes focusing on only one book we liked and want to draw attention to. It's going to be a spoiler-free discussion about all the things we enjoyed about it. Basically, a multi-participants interactive review. Uh, so, why The Last Sun? Well, uh, first of all, because Kristen and I have been a tiny bit obsessed with it. Because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've read it last spring after being convinced by Kristen's review, and I've been uh, lucky enough to receive an advanced copy of the sequel, The Hanged Man. Speaking of, it's going to be released soon, on the, on the 17th of December, so it's a good time to chat about the first book. Okay, uh, first things first, what is it about? <laughs> Who wants to give... Um... A, um, like a blurb or a, a pitch of the book because it's not an easy it's not easy to pitch it it's not an easy book to describe yeah it's an urban fantasy book that much is easy to to know to to understand it's set in a primary world uh, the premise is a bit hard to explain, but it it works. Um, it's basically if Atlantis was were real and uh, started a war with the human world and lost the war, and now it's destroyed. Uh, so the survivors uh, set uh, a new um, city called New Atlantis uh, near uh, was it Massachusetts, right? Yeah, it's uh, on Nantucket Island. Nantucket Island. Um, and uh, it's crazy because it's uh, uh, basically um, the ruins of uh, uh, the human worlds that were transposed into this island and uh, used by the Atlanteans. And the Atlanteans themselves are um, ruled by by representation of the arcana of the uh, tarot cards. So you have like courts um, led by uh, Lord Tower, um, Lady Lovers, uh, Lord Hangman, and uh, the main character is the last surviving heir of the uh, Sun Court. Uh, his name is Rune. And uh, his court has fallen, and he's now uh, basically um, <laughs> the equivalent of a PI uh, to go with an urban fantasy trope. 
he's working on the behalf of um, well people hiring him for all sorts of things and he is working with his companion uh, Brand and when we first meet them they are uh, working to uh, like on a raid uh, against the lovers court but that's not the main plot. The main plot is, um, yeah, the main plot point is that they're hired to find uh, a scion of uh, the Crusader throne. So uh, Lady Justice, one of Lady Justice's sons, Adam, and uh, he disappeared and his godfather, uh, Lord Tower, who's also uh, Rune's mentor, uh, is worried. So he hires uh, Rune and Bran uh to find him and that's how it starts and i can say more about it because that would be spoilers <laughs> so oh my god it took some time to explain what's going on and and the world and the <laughs> all things happening but um yeah <laughs> it's a very broad world yeah so it's it hard is. to explain it's hard to explain and we keep having like um, more information about the magic, about the creatures living there because it's not like uh, only Atlanteans, there are also all kinds of uh, people and like werewolves, werecats, were <laughs> where a lot of things uh, and we have glimpses of that, that uh, of those elements and we... Like yeah, it's um, it's quite the expansive world, and it's cool too because they never give you long info dumps on the world, so you always want to know more. But they're like, oh yeah, there's this guy, the hanged man over there. He's super scary. Moving on, and I'm like, no, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I want more. I want more. Yeah, that's um, it keeps you reading. It does keep you reading. And the thing is, it's going to be a long series, it's going to be nine books, right? I think so, something like that. I know that it's long, but not, not like, not like Dresden long. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that made me laugh recently about, so I, I, Kristen and I keep recommending this book, like left and right, and one of our friends uh, read it few of our friends uh, have uh, read it recently and um, I have one of those that sent me a message saying yeah you were talking all the time about the romance uh, the bromance but you didn't say about the magic the necromancers the zombies like, yes there's a lot going on but yeah and I, I think uh, there are a lot of highlights of the book and if you want if you, we want to give some structure to this episode um maybe we can all talk about our favorite things what uh, made this book so special come for the romance and stay for the zombies <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it my favorite thing about it is the banter yeah. between rune and brand or brandon anybody ever yeah brand is because i like i like a snarky character yeah and brand is like the snarkiest character i think i've ever 
read in my life. And he doesn't hold back. He's just like, you know, if Rune's being an idiot, he's just like, Rune, stop being a fucking idiot. <laughs> and Yeah, I always like the moments when, because uh, uh, since Brand is kind of like Rune's bodyguard as well as his friend in a sense, uh, I always like the moments where Rune's all proud that he's noticed someone following them and he's like, oh, look how good I am. Like, I saw this guy before you did. And Brand's like, yo like he's been tailing us for 12 miles he ate sausage for breakfast uh there's actually two people following us and you should have learned this like by kindergarten come on man <laughs> I, I love it yeah, i'm going to brag a bit um and uh, thank Kristen again so Kristen sent me a paperback uh copy of the book and it's signed and noted by katie edwards and uh, by the margin uh, near this scene, this particular scene where Brand says that says that basically they've they've been following the the character has been following them for like um, hours and uh, how the fuck did Rune just notice? Uh, so Katie Edwards wrote it's uh, it's making me mo- making me laugh too and I love this scene so it's a it's a favorite scene of uh, Katie Edwards too. <laughs> I think Brand might be my favorite character in all of fantasy at this point. And he's not even he's not even Atlantean, he's human. Yeah, he's human. And he has runes back, but he also gives him so much shit. <laughs> and their banter is really something to behold. And so the Atlanteans look like humans, right? Or am I just really off base here? They do, but they can have like um uh, some features that are not exactly human. One of, uh, one of the characters has like uh, burgundy eyes, which you can't find um, in a human, like normal eye color scheme. So, but they look like humans. When they're um, angry or want to show off, they have what they call an aspect, which is linked to their court and their powers. Um, we first uh, see uh, Lady Lover's aspects, which is really something. Um, so they don't look completely human when they do that. But yeah, they can pass as humans. What was your f- Um. Well, yeah, the, the bromance uh, and the banter... And it's it's funny. It's a funny book. It's always difficult with humor because um, it's subjective. So if I sell it like this is the funniest book I've ever read, I can be sure that there's like um, there must be at least one person who's going to get back at me and say, "Oh yeah, it sucked. Uh, the humor sucked." But uh, it's exactly my kind of humor. It's uh, the snark, uh, the banter, the discussions. They're very funny. I think my other favorite aspect, and I'm going to list them, I guess, <laughs> is that um, uh, the um, the relationships between the characters are really, really good. Like you have all kinds of relationships. You have uh, the bromance. You have a more um, like mentor-mentee relationship between Rune and uh, Lord Tower who protected him after the fall of his court. Uh, 
you have a kind of um, like wardship relationship that uh, gets going. I'm not going further into this because it can be a sort of spoiler. Uh, so you have this group of men um, and male characters who have all kinds of relationships between them and it's uh, it's fascinating to follow the dynamics the uh, the love between them it's heartwarming i usually prefer having a female cast mostly female cast of characters in fantasy books but it worked especially since um the relationships are so healthy and like sometimes pure and cute and adorable but yeah, basically, yeah, the humor and the relationships. What's your favorite part, Travis? Um, so probably my favorite part is, and so other than Brandon Rune, since you guys are talking a lot about that, uh, I'll say maybe, uh, so if Rune is sort of like a PI, uh, then the guy that kind of seems to be his boss uh, is called the Tower, and he's like, I'm gonna get this horribly wrong. Uh, he's the head of the Tower Court. He's like several hundred years old, maybe over a thousand years old. Uh, super powerful dude. And uh, normally you would expect that this guy would be super aloof and maybe sinister. Uh, but he's super chill. Uh, and I mean, he, he's kind of aloof and and has this powerful presence to him as well. But he's also really relatable. And I really liked him. And that was not what I was expecting for that type of figure. <laughs> you, you, you can I, relate to Lord Tower? Uh, <laughs> oh okay, it, it... That's, I'm worried. I'm worried about you. I guess I should say I normally expect them to be like these characters that you don't like get any glimpse inside their head. And like this is a dude who literally tears people into his head so he can just chat with them inside his mind. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's an amazing character. And uh, Kristen and I were talking about it uh, after reading The Hanged Man. Don't worry, no spoilers here. But we were always worried about him being evil like we still don't know because he has this uh, secret agenda we can feel that he has um he has things um that he doesn't share with uh, with rune uh, he was the former executioner of uh, the atlantean court when it was still a monarchy or rather an empire um so he has a lot of secrets and the secrets make it hard for me to relate to him but also make him such a cool character because we don't know what he's going to come up with next come up with next he's one of those characters that's he's you know he's got all of that depth and everything and he is you know super chill and everything but at the same time he yeah. has a secret and it's just like the secret persona, I guess, where, you know, he's been around for hundreds of years and it's like, what have you done in your life? Like, are you... Yeah, exactly. Are you evil? 
And please don't be evil. Please don't See, like, be evil. Please don't I feel be like evil. one of the reasons why we really don't want him to be evil is because, in a way, he's unexpectedly likable for a character that might be in his position. At least for me. Yeah, he's very likable, yeah. Yeah. Like, even, even knowing some of the stuff that he has done, which I won't go into because of spoilers, but even knowing some of the stuff that he's done over the course of even just Rune and Bran's life, that might not be, you know, super the best stuff ever, but Ideal. I'm, I'm bad at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and plus he's um, a father figure to Rune, and you, you want Rune to have a family. He uh, he already has brand, but you want his he you want him to be surrounded by people who care about his well being because, well, he's so sweet. Maybe sweet isn't the right word, but yeah, he's gone through a lot, and I think we we need to discuss this um, or at least mention it. Uh, there is a big content warning about uh, the last son about the, the series in general. Uh, Rune is a sexual abuse survivor. Um, and we get flashbacks of uh, his ordeal. So just be aware that this is a thing that's going on in the book. Uh, uh, should we talk about Adam? Because <laughs> I always want to talk about Adam, but the problem is um, he he's um, the topic and the, the main subject of the inquiry uh, by uh, Rune and Brand. And I don't know if it's, spoiler to chat about him i mean it's not a spoiler to talk about his personality or anything is it yeah i guess so. I he's a pretty major yeah. character and uh let's talk about Adam. yeah he's a major character in the last sun and he appears in mount hangman as well um he's <laughs> he's a scion of a powerful court uh the crusader throne uh, he's like, um, I think he's so. Second he's son? not the heir, but right? he's second or third in line, I think, to be heir of exactly. the justice court. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, he is a complete hipster. <laughs> like, he has a ponytail, he's basically leading a startup, uh, he has tattoos. Uh... <laughs> He's the Atlantean equivalent of a hipster. Yeah, and tattoos are not apparently a thing in Atlantean culture. Yes. Yes. Apparently they're afraid that tattoos are going to get a life of their own and start doing weird things because that's how it works in New Atlantis. The magic can be a bit overwhelming. So yeah, Adam is um is one of the main characters of um, of the last son. Even if the point of the book is well, of the story is to find him. Um, so we get uh, glimpses of uh, what uh, life in New Atlantis is for science uh, through through his eyes. So he's pretty much um, <laughs> hipster trust fund baby. I'm not saying him well, am I? Well, 
He is. He is. <laughs> but he's so sweet. Like, he has a younger brother that he's a father figure for. Uh, and we're going to talk about Quinn next, I guess. Uh, the brother in question. And he he's loving. He's just so loving and so... Uh, um, What's the world? Yeah, adorable. Pure. He's pure. He's just nice, you know, just super nice. He doesn't believe uh, other people could hurt him or hurt. Like he, he's not naive. He's just he just expects in the best of other people. Which isn't usual for, like a trust fund baby. Yeah. In in this culture, which, he, I mean, Atlanteans are a different culture, but compared to his brothers, let's say, or compared to every other, like, adult child of a court that we really see, Adam and Rune and Brand are kind of outside of the norm. Yeah, because the norm in Atlantis and now in New Atlantis is um, uh, the well, the um, powerful eat the weak. It's a dog eat dog world, um, so there's no place for uh, real friendship, real solidarity. Uh, um, it's basically if you're uh, down people are going to take advantage of that fact. And Adam isn't like that at all. And Rune isn't like that, which makes sense since, well, his court has fallen, so he's pretty much alone without the support and the magic of his court. Yeah, like all of his magic is scavenged. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, what's your opinion, Adam? Adam's great. I well, I really like his confidence to asshole ratio is off the charts. Uh, <laughs> so he's super confident, like knows exactly what he wants and isn't afraid to go after it. But he has so much emotional intelligence and like is really sensitive and caring about other people at the same time, uh, which was really refreshing. Yeah. He's my favorite character so far. And it took me forever to realize that he was Adam with two D's in the name. Yes, because you listened to the audiobook. Yep, yep. The audiobook was fantastic, by the way. The narrator was really good. That's good to know. I still have to pick it up. I've really been meaning to pick it up because, I mean, I should have about 30 copies of this book by this point. But I haven't managed to save an audible credit for long enough. Yeah, and I guess I should say, since I like the audiobook so much, it's narrated by Josh Hurley. Uh, I believe it's the same narrator who does Rachel Aaron's Forever Fantasy Online series. Uh, so yeah, that's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him. He did a good job. Oh, the lit RPG series? Uh, yes. Yeah, so that's Adam, and he has a younger brother, Quinn, who is a fantastic character as well. 
Um, so I, I'm not sure. It's always a bit of a problem to not know what you can say in a spoiler-free discussion. Um, I, I don't remember when we meet Quinn. We meet Quinn before Adam, so it makes sense to talk about him as well. Uh, he's a seer. He's a prophet. So he has visions, but not like clear visions. He has visions of probabilities, of things that might happen. Uh, so he's not easy to talk to. He, he's a bit scattered, but he's so adorable. And I think this episode can uh, double as a support for a drinking game for how many times I say adorable. But yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't yeah. want to kill our listeners. <laughs> he's so sweet. He's a teenager. He's like, I think he's 17. He's 17 and he's he, he follows uh, Adam a bit like a puppy. So he's very distraught about the disappearance of his older brother. Um, Adam raised him and they're very, very close. Uh, so, but he, he has like these moments where he, uh, like uh, the first time they have a contact with Quinn, I mean, um, Brandon Woon, uh, um, I think Queen calls them and say, is it time that we're supposed to meet? Like, he, he's a stranger to them at this point, and he already knows everything that there is to know about them. Um, Genia told me, she, she read the book, and she told me that it's a bit similar to what happens in Heart Strikers. Oh, uh, yeah. Bit, uh, with a seer character. Yeah, he's Probably kind of like you, a bot. You've read the Heart Strikers series. Yeah, both of you have read the Heart Strikers series. I think he's nicer than Bob, though. Oh, well, he's way nicer than Bob, but he's just as uh, scattered as Bob. Yeah, and really, the whole Last Sun reminds me of the Heart Striker series a lot in general. They're both uh, high magic, like not low fantasy at all, uh, urban fantasy set a little bit in the future. Uh, you've got a lot of wholesome, adorable characters. Um, they're both a lot of fun. Yeah, and even if you ha if you didn't like Heart Strikers, uh, we have um, a friend who didn't like the Heart Strikers, but who was on board with the Last Sun. So, it's for fan of Heart Strikers. It's for people who didn't like Heart Strikers. Chill. It's for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I wasn't hired by the publisher. None of us were. Uh, yeah, you were talking about the magic. Um, so who wants to talk about it more in detail? Because I'm sure I will be completely scattered and go rambling about it. I thought it was uh, kind of an interesting mix of hard and soft magic systems. Uh, Although those are kind of buzzwords that I don't even know what they mean anymore. <laughs> uh, but so imagine like pretty much any type of magic is fair game. Uh, the limitation is they come from these sigils, uh, which are like, I guess, these metal discs or magically chargeable objects. Uh, and so if you want to fill up a sigil with magic, you have to kind of meditate and concentrate and charge it up uh, for a specific spell, I believe. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, the 
the thing I've never really understood, and I think I need to ask the question to Katie Edwards, is uh, can we charge any kind of magic in any kind of sigil? I'd say yes, because you can have a sigil that's empty and then you recharge it with, with yeah, another kind of I spell. Think, hmm, that's a good question. I think it because happens. Because rune sigils are all kind of different, like eclectically different stuff that he's scavenged, whereas Adam's sigils are all the same. Like, they're all utilitarian, let's say. Yeah. Mm. Rune has interesting sigils. And I just like the fact that if Rune wants to pull out a fireball in his next fight, he has to, like, sit in a dark room and just think, Fireball, fireball, <laughs> fireball, fireball for like two hours. You can meditate. Uh, yeah, I, I like Adam's way of recharging the sigils. He, he listens to music, he dances. Yeah, they all have different ways so of cool. meditating. And I guess it doesn't yeah. It doesn't require you to, to meditate in the traditional way. You can do it, you know, in a more unique way in a personal way. Mm. Yeah, Adam is a music fan. And yeah, uh, Rune, I, I don't know how personal it is for him to just sit in a quiet room and <laughs> repeat, uh, mentally repeat the world, like the words needed to fill his sigil. Although Rune's probably a guy that could use some classic traditional meditation. So maybe it's a good thing for him. That's true. Oh yeah, he needs to chill. He needs to chill. Someone taught him how to do it, and it was just like, you just need to sit and chill the hell out for a couple hours. Yeah. And that's just how he learned. I can imagine Brent telling him that. I can imagine Brent telling him that. Just chill the fuck out. <gasps> I would actually really love that if... Say Rune, really young, doesn't know how to charge up his sigils, and Bran's like, well, have you just tried chilling the fuck out? And Rune's like, hey, maybe that'll work. And then that's what he's done for the rest of his life. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what's happened. And what's interesting, too, about um, the Atlantean culture and the magic is that Rune is part of a falling court. So there are a lot of nuances and information that he doesn't have and then adam comes along and he says well you can do that and he, am, I, am i allowed to do i have this power of course you do that's how it goes with all the science of the of the arcana <laughs> so it's a very interesting thing to, yeah. to follow like can i do that like yeah yeah duh. yeah you can <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can dude you're like the heir of a powerful court, of a once powerful court that has fallen, but you still have some privileges. Yeah, like, am I allowed to do this? Like, dude, you're pretty much Lord's son, so <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Um, yeah, about the romance, that, that's what I was going to talk about. I've had a lot of people send me DMs while reading the book, telling me, please tell me that the uh, guy in his mid-30s isn't hooking up with a 17-year-old teenager. And no, that's not what happens. So romance happens um, like mid-third of the book. 
So it starts at the third of the book, basically, but it's between two consultant consultant. Consul- oh my god! Can someone help me out with this word, please? Consent. It's between two yeah, consenting uh, consen- adults. Consenting adults. Oh my god, <laughs> adults. Yeah, yeah. No teenagers hooking up with an adult. That's not what happens. No. So yeah, uh, we. I think we can. Uh, finish. Have we squeed about the book enough? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Is book book good? Buy book. Buy book. And the sequel is out on the 17th of December. It's called The Hanged Man. And Kristen and I had the privilege of reading it. And it's fantastic. So if you have read The Last Sun and enjoyed it, you will love The Hanged Man. Almost. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> jealous or anything. Not even a little. No. <laughs> No, nope. so good. It was very good, and it's funny because uh, we finished it in like two days, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" And I think we scared off Katie Edwards a bit about it. Poor guy spent months, <laughs> if not a year, writing it, editing it, and we finished it in like a couple of days. <laughs> That's that done. When's the next one? Yeah, and I mean, even though. Uh, we would love to be paid shills. Seriously, if you want to pay me for showing, like, I'll DM you. But uh, we're not. Uh, though we are all, I think all of us are taking part yes. in the Hanged Man promotion, uh, where we're all, like, uh, a competition between the courts. Yes, uh, so we have two different parts of... Uh, we are parts of two different uh, campaigns. One led by uh, fellow fans, which is a fun game between uh, different courts. We have, like, quests, but I think they're not taking any more participants. Like, they closed that down. But it's fun. There's also contests, fan art, fan art contests going on on Twitter. I think we can uh, link to it. And uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. There are giveaways prepared and stuff like that. And there's also a blog tour, which we are part of. Um, Kristen is interviewing Katie Edwards, and uh, the inn is hosting him for a guest bus. So we are part of two things. That's just how obsessed we are. Yeah. And, you know, that said, if anybody has any burning questions, <laughs> for Katie Edwards. You see what I did there. Um, That's smart, Kristen. Please just let me know because I've got four questions thought up for this thing. You understand now why I suggested the guest boss. Yeah. I suck at finding questions for interviews. <laughs> I thought I would have so many questions and I'm like, no, that's yeah. a dumb question. That's a dumb question. Oh. I already know the answer to that one. I don't know. I think I'm not there are two kinds of. Well, we're going to talk about it later, but I think there are two kinds of questions you could ask. The first part is basically make people know what the book is about and what the author um, plans for for his series, and then the questions more in like details and question about the world building and uh, stuff that you want to know, not 
uh, want your uh, readers, the readers of your blog to know. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like a presentation kind of part of it, and then questions more in details, more in like in depth about the book. Yeah, or just give him a chance to show off some knowledge. Like he probably knows about tarot. Yeah. Maybe you could ask that him something was, about that. That's one of my Unless four that's questions. that's one of your four questions. <laughs> <laughs> Am I that predictable? Oh. Well, that makes sense because it's not a, new, a usual way of building your world based on the tarot cards. It's uh, unique. So it makes sense that you'd have questions about it. That's what drew my attention to the book in the first place. Because I really like, you know, the arcana and the tarot and that whole thing. So I was like, a book based on that? Okay, sign me up for that. I had no idea about tarot before reading the book. And then I was a tiny bit, like, uh, obsessed over the meaning of the arcana. And I have a friend at work who brought her deck. And I was like, what does that mean? What does that one mean? <laughs> I was such a dork about it. I had no idea what what the what tarot was or what the cards meant before. And now I'm like, yes, the tower card, it means something crumbling down and it means a big change. <laughs> yeah. I'm a tarot nerd. No, I knew so that stuff before I got into this book, so <laughs> seeing the parallels of that stuff and some of the some of the ways that the the arcana and the the meanings of cards kind of overlap with this stuff that happens in the book. Yeah. Or at least they seem to overlap. The tarot they are very they have lots of meanings and you can kind of assign a meaning that fits, but there are, there are definitely parallels in it that I've seen. And I thought that was an interesting bit of world building. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. All right. Well, does anyone have any closing thoughts on the book? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Overall, I really enjoyed it. It was one of my fastest reads this year. Um, and it just sucked me in almost immediately. The world is incredibly imaginative. Uh, and the characters uh, are very memorable. I, I think, for me, the closest I'd compare kind of the feel of some of the main characters is like the bromance between Hadrian and Royce and Michael J. Sullivan's Rayera books. Um, reminded me a lot of that, uh, kind of a lot of the fun of Rachel Aaron's Heart Strikers series, although apparently you can hate those books and still love this one. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun and I'm excited to see where the world and the characters go in the sequel. I think if, uh, I were to, to blur a bit, I'd say it's like if you took Max Gladstone craft sequences, um, world building and fresh approach to urban fantasy a bit and then mix it with Scott Lynch's uh, Bencher from the Gentleman, Gentleman Bastards series and also added uh, a bit of Brendan Sanderson's magic. That's what uh, it made me think of the first time I've read it. Yeah, because I've read it more than once. 
Yeah, that's a much better blurb than mine. <laughs> no, yours was really good. <laughs> it is like Ryura. It's like Ryura with way more yeah. F-bombs in it. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. And like, a lot more sex. Oh, yeah. If you're not a fan of the F-bomb, like, you should probably keep away from this one. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Any uh, closing statements, Sarah? Well, uh, thank you, Kristen, for waking up so early and uh, participating in our... I do. <laughs> The things I do for this book, Sarah. Yes, yes, I know. And You're... Kristen, so uh, where where can people find you online? Oh, I'm at superstardrifter.com. And my Twitter is superstardrifter without the first E in super. Which is on purpose because I couldn't have that many characters. So yeah, follow Kristen. She always has um, great reviews, great recommendations, and is also a participant in the fifth SPFBO, which is a self-published uh, book contest led by Mark Lawrence, along with, um, it's with Esme, right? Yep. Along with Esmeralda Weatherwax. Yeah, Esme and I are just about done on the first round. That's amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All cranky and this early in the morning without coffee. <laughs> okay, so how do we wrap up? This is a good book. Buy the book, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next in a new episode of the Fantasy Inn podcast. Well, you'll listen to us. We won't see you. Damn.